episode 119 of one man Watchpoint. now one man Watchpoint is of course an overwatch podcast where we talk about all the latest and greatest going on in the wonderful world of overwatch you can of course catch us on podcast services everywhere spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, etc etc so give us a follow leave us a review tell your friends and all that jazz and of course if you're new around here you won't be familiar with me but if you are a returning listener thank you so much I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not give me a follow and especially reach out to me over on any of the social platforms where you can find me that shall remain nameless due to recent naming confusion. Um, you can, t- I almost said the word, you can post at me, I guess. Uh, you can DM me or whatever you can do on those platforms with questions, comments, topics, whatever you got for the show as they relate to Overwatch, Blizzard games, or just video games in general. Of course, I love to talk about games and I would love to interact with you over there. So hit me up and I'll bring your questions, concerns, topics, whatever you got to the show. Now, if you do enjoy what you hear today on episode 119 of One Man Watchpoint, you can, of course, Catch me over on the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant in the Overwatch League. That's right, on this episode of One Man Watchpoint, of course, we'll talk a little bit of Overwatch general news, we'll talk a little bit of Overwatch League action, and of course we'll preview next week's games in the Overwatch League as we uh, enter... Uh, our sort of final few weeks of uh, regular season Overwatch League action. Uh, is that correct? Man, I just had a minor stroke there. I, I had a moment where I was like thinking about the Overwatch League pickums there, and I realized that I think we only have up to week four available right now, and I was thinking, well, that must be the end of the, the season. And then I was like, well, no, grand finals and playoffs and stuff aren't until like end of September. So I was like, we must continue through there. So anyways, that was wrong. Uh, for some reason, pickums end after week four. I'm assuming they'll just release another batch of weeks, another four weeks or what have you, uh, after that weekend's. But in any case, I digress. You can check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast where you can hear me, Sir Dr. JM, along with my co-host Alex and Chris talk about everything going on in the Overwatch League and especially the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. So without further ado, let's get into this show and we'll talk a little bit of news. I'll do this alone if I have to. All right, so we're going to kick things off this week talking a little bit of PSA items. That's right, we've got a few little minor announcements, of course, as they relate to Overwatch. Um, nothing nothing too exciting and new. Actually, that's not true. There's something pretty exciting. but uh, And there's something new. So uh, reiterating what we've talked about these past couple weeks on One Man Watchpoint, of course, there's a Prime Gaming reward right now where you can get the Conductor Reinhardt skin simply by claiming it from your Prime Gaming. Uh, that's right. If you just Google Amazon Prime Gaming, you'll find the website and you simply connect your account to your Battle.net account. And you can, of course, collect that free legendary skin for Reinhardt. And then there is, of course, also the five Battle Pass tier skips that are for free through, uh, through it might be Twitch Drops right now. It might be Prime Gaming as well. No, I'm, I'm going to say it's Twitch Drops. Um, I believe, let me just check here. Yes, it, it must be Drops. So anyways, you can go uh, to your favorite Overwatch streamer, and as long as they have Drops enabled and your Twitch account is connected to your Battle.net account, you can collect those tier skips as you watch two hours upon two hours upon two hours upon two hours up to five battle pass tier skips so go collect those for yourself 
The other PSA we have, of course, is the Mischief and Magic event is now live. And by the time you're listening to this, you'll have, I believe, just about one week left. Is that right? Let's see. By the time you're listening to this, it's maybe the first second. Yes, you'll have a little more than a week left to uh, partake in the Mischief and Magic event. Of course, uh, the special limited time mode that came along with this event is the Prop Hunt mode, which I think everyone is pretty unanimously been enjoying. I think uh, for me personally, most of the other limited time events or limited time modes, whatever you want to call them, uh, I had kind of taken part in simply to collect or or complete the event challenges get that battle pass xp um and maybe get a couple free rewards maybe you know culminating in a skin there um but this one i have actually i completed all the event challenges and i have just continued playing it um i think it's an absolute blast and definitely one of my favorite uh limited time modes uh as far as as far as they've done in overwatch 2 or overwatch 1 i think it's a lot of fun um i would like to see it expanded out a little bit uh i do think that you know it's it's a really interesting take on the prop hunt mode of course i've seen many other prop hunt modes the the big one that i'm actually more familiar with is uh call of duty and how they usually do prop hunt so you i believe you have a limited number of uh, uh prop changes i think you can only do three um i also think you have a limited number of the uh, sort of concussive or, or flashbangs that you get um the stuns you get i suppose you could say uh i want to say you only have two or three of those um and also i believe you can the map doesn't necessarily spawn in the sort of extra plethora of props in the map i want to say it's simply, um, you know, th- there's a wider variety of props you could get, but it also doesn't just scatter random props around the map. Now, the obvious difference in, in Mischief and Magic, of course, is that you are playing on the Blizzard World map, a, a smaller section of the Blizzard World map, um, and they randomly spawn in, a, you know, a thousand different props and just scatter them throughout the map so that it is, you know, maybe a little easier to to place yourself randomly or to hide and be concealed as the props that you are assigned. Um, and of course, with the other side of that being that the number of props, different props you can get is more limited. So, you know, the, the obvious comparison again being there, it seems like the amount of props is a little more freeing in uh, in Call of Duty and things like that. Um, I, that would be something that I could see them, you know, kind of expanding out on this a little bit more i could also see them doing something like you know more maps would be a lot of fun um even i think there's i think there's an element of you take what they've done with this blizzard world map and you just simply apply it to other maps so i think you could probably you know i'm just i'm just trying to think of a good map that would work with this i think a lot of the control maps would work pretty well um even sort of sections of other maps like uh, hollywood or uh, Route 66 could be an interesting one if you do it in sort of that middle area where um, where you go by the, the well, not not even the first gas station, the, the store and the, the saloon and everything. You could do something in there, spawn in a lot of uh, props in there. You've got, you know, the mines, you've got the buildings in the center, um, you've got the sort of cliffside edge there. There's lots of possibility. I think you could do, maybe even Eichenwald would be a cool one. Um, but in any case, I would like to see more maps. I'd like to see more props. Um I think it, it would also even be cool if uh, they they kind of tweaked the Genji side of it a little bit. Um, although I understand the the need to not necessarily just have it so that you can shoot because and especially that you can shoot as any character. If you think about you know 
Junkrat or something like that. If you could choose a character and you could be Junkrat, you could just throw your bombs everywhere, throw your mines everywhere, be blowing stuff up left, right, and center, and quite easily catch all of the uh, the prop hiders. Um, you know, same goes for a character like Farah, right? Any of these characters with sort of splash damage. Um, even a Reinhardt who swings his hammer widely um, and just hits a lot of stuff. Um, so, you know, I would like to see something else, I think, done with the, the Genji side of things. Even, you know, you could you could even do something like just a different character with a dash and then a, uh, you know, melee kind of move. Just make the dash do some damage. You could do like a Sojourn maybe. Give her a, give her slide a damage uh, I don't know, ability kind of thing. I think you could do some cool stuff there. But in any case, I'm a big fan of the Mischief and Magic event. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I did blast through those events. Um, and then eventually I just I just sort of kept playing because I've been having a lot of fun with it. And uh, I've also been playing it with uh, my kid, which has been a lot of fun. Aside from that, of course, if you do complete the challenges for Mischief and Magic, you will earn yourself a total of 50,000 XP, which of course works out to five Battle Pass tiers. And of course, uh, I believe not even for completing all those challenges, but for completing six of the event challenges, you unlock the Spirit Warder Epic Skin for Ana, which is uh, a, a recoloring or an alternate color of the Bastet skin, which was a limited time uh, skin that you could unlock. Gosh, uh, it was before Overwatch 2, but towards the end of Overwatch 1, I want to say. Um, so, in any case, uh, I have got those myself. I think they're it's it's a nice skin. I do like the recolor, although uh, I'm a pretty big fan of the original color as well. Um, it was kind of more of a sandy, golden, uh, and tan color. Uh, but, in any case, get in there, get your challenges, get that Battle Pass XP, and get your free skin. Uh, I, myself, I'm just about to complete the Battle Pass. Of course, I've talked before about I really actually didn't play much of this season at all for the first sort of honestly half of the season I think I only really started playing I played a little bit in the first half um, and I enjoyed it I just then didn't have a ton of time to play so then I played much more of it uh, as you know time went on uh, uh, I think I, I want to say I started playing with maybe one month left to go in the battle pass and I did wind up purchasing the battle pass just to get the full experience get all the all the gadgets and gizmos that you unlock and of course that 20% uh, bonus XP is a big help uh, when it comes to completing the battle pass so I am just about to complete it. I want to say I'm, you know, tier 74, 75, and I think we've got, you know, nine or eight, eight or nine days left. So certainly just my daily challenges will, will help me get there quite easily. So get in there, get your battle pass XP in there. And of course, the other PSA that I have is that season five is coming to a close here. I believe it ends on August 9th or 10th, right around the same time as the Mischief and Magic, whatever patch uh, comes through to end the season will also end the mischief and magic events so you know get your get your hide and seek get your prop hunt uh matches in there have fun with that it's a lot of fun i really hope that they uh kind of put this in put some of these limited time of modes in the regular rotation of the arcade modes or something like that if they put mischief and magic in there i'd be thrilled because uh, i think it's a lot of fun to come back to and then as i mentioned this season will be ending that's right we have the end of season five coming up here quite rapidly, really. Um, again, by the time you're listening to this, it will be August, and that means you'll have just over a week before the uh, the season ends. And of course, we then roll into season six, the the much the highly touted, much anticipated 
season six, which is of course labeled Invasion. And uh, that does tie directly into some of the news that we'll be talking about later in the show. So stick around. We'll go through the news here. And uh, at the end, we'll talk about what might be coming with the Invasion event uh, in addition to what we already know. So let's dive on into the news now. We're going to kick things off by heading over to Dexerto.com with an article by Michael Gwilliam, which reads, oh, posted on July 27th, of course, which reads, Blizzard President hints at plans to grow the Overwatch IP, quote, beyond gaming. Overwatch 2 finally, uh, sorry, will finally be releasing its first batch of PvE story content in August with Season 6, Invasion, and it seems like this could be the start of some big things coming up in the Overwatch universe. In a lengthy message on social media, uh, Ibarra, and of course that's referring to Mike Ibarra, and I, I should have read the byline here. Blizzard president Mike Ibarra is hinting at future plans for Overwatch as an IP as the company prepares for the launch of Overwatch 2's long-awaited story missions. Let's continue. Ibarra explained how the Overwatch team gave others at Blizzard an early look at Invasion, and it was very well received. The Blizzard president also addressed the cancelled hero missions aspect of PvE while also voicing support for Overwatch as a franchise, claiming that the series could evolve beyond just video games. Ibarra stated that Blizzard believed in the Overwatch 2 developers even after the discussion was made uh, to cut parts of the PvE that, quote, simply were never coming to fruition in a way that would meet player expectations. The Overwatch devs have been adamant that the planned hero missions were incredibly difficult to design as they had been pitched years prior with multiple new abilities for every character. Quote, we understand this can be a letdown for players and it hurts us just as much. We also know we can communicate better. The team makes these decisions very, very carefully, Ibarra said. He further stressed that Overwatch as an IP is incredible, with the teams constantly discussing ways to grow it, indicating big plans for the future. Quote, We riff about where this incredible IP could go, and it has such opportunity in gaming and beyond, he added. The opportunity for this IP is only just beginning. While he didn't elaborate on what the team has in store, one big possibility could be a full Overwatch anime following the success of the short Genesis series on YouTube. They then have a tweet embedded here from Mikey Barra at qwik and he tweets at at blizzard entertainment we do battle plan each month it's a meeting with everyone in the studio and we share updates on uh, uh sorry updates across culture and product i'm just hitting the link here so i can see the full tweet oh it's long okay okay let's see here today several members of the play overwatch team gave the studio an early look into invasion which launches on battle.net and steam on august 10th a great number of people presented for over an hour. It was great to see the team's energy and excitement. At Oh Really Jared leads the Play Overwatch team, and the vision and future of Overwatch has never been brighter. We understand where uh, we are with some player sentiment. The team has put to bed previous statements that simply were never coming to fruition in a way that would meet player expectations. We understand this can be a letdown for players and it hurts us just as much. We also know we can communicate better. The team makes these decisions very, very carefully. We all believe in this team and their path forward. We riff about where to, this incredible IP can go, and it has such opportunity in gaming and beyond. I'm excited for Invasion on August 10th. We're humbled by the many people who have Overwatch on their Steam wishlist already. Thanks for coming with, on this journey with us. This opportunity for this IP is only just beginning here at Blizzard Entertainment. Interestingly, but this is back to the article, interestingly, Ibarra's comments on IP growth are similar to remarks he made in the past about StarCraft and the possibility of growing the dormant RTS franchise. Until then, we'll have to see how the fanbase responds to Overwatch 2 Invasion when it launches on August 10th. So, of course, you know, there there isn't really anything new here, but it is good to hear 
um, you know, the man at the top, the the president of Blizzard, of course, Mike Ibarra, a name that anyone who's, you know, a fan of Blizzard knows at this point. Um, it's good to hear him talk about the future of Overwatch 2 and, and seemingly talk so positively about it, especially with some of the negativity that we've had in, you know, the recent months, of course. As the article and Mike points out there, the uh, the announcement of the scrapped PvE mode, the sort of changes to the hero missions and everything that we got there, um, and then of course eventually, uh, you know, in more recent memory, the leaks about the potential fate of the Overwatch League and or collapse of the Overwatch League. So, obviously, Overwatch is uh, certainly a series and an IP that has been. Uh, rot with its fair share of disappointment and uh, upsetting news, but it does seem like, you know, there is some positivity on the horizon. Now, of course, it's very apparent that Blizzard has been uh, really, really pushing the narrative about Invasion being the new big thing for Overwatch. Um, not only have we started, of course, seeing uh, a lot of talk about the invasion event and obviously a lot of, uh, you know, tweets about it and things like that. We've been getting information about what is to come with season six since you will recall before we had information about season five, but the point is we're also now seeing a lot of that put into motion. So if you are online at all, you've probably actually seen that you have ads on the internet for Overwatch 2, whereas you never really did have these before. If you're in, uh, you know, the Overwatch scene at all on Twitter, I've actually seen people posting that there are uh, like real life, uh, not billboards, but uh, posters for Overwatch 2 in places like New York City. That And this is stuff you just didn't see previously. Um, I know there's there's some uh, pre-roll ads in on YouTube for Overwatch 2. Um, and they're really kind of pushing the fact that, hey, Overwatch 2 is here. Um, this invasion event is going to be big. And this is, I think, in a lot of ways, what, what you know, warrants this game being a numbered sequel. Because that was, of course, one of many people's biggest complaints about uh, about the uh, scrapping of those PvE and story missions and hero missions and talent trees and all that jazz. So, in any case... They are making a big push for Overwatch 2 right now, which is honestly, it's awesome, right? This, this is what we all wanted. We want this game. If you are listening to this podcast right now, it's because you're a fan of Overwatch. Um, maybe because you're a fan of the Overwatch League, but regardless, there's obviously, uh, you know, a huge part of the Overwatch League is the Overwatch game. So the fact that we're finally seeing some kind of oomph and some kind of force behind this game really is exciting in my eyes. Of course, we're coming up on the anniversary of the release of Overwatch 2, right? Um, in its air quotes, beta, early access, whatever you want to call it, period. Um, I guess not beta, it was the early access period. Will this game ever officially be out of early access? I don't think they'll make that announcement, just like Fortnite, I think, is technically still in their early access or beta period or whatever, um, simply because they don't need to, right? But the fact is, I've talked about this before, I actually talked about this going into season four, that a lot of the stuff we were seeing in season four, I really felt like was us starting to see the vision for what they wanted Overwatch 2 to be. Now, this was, of course, um, when I was talking about this, it was, of course, before we had the news about um, the scrapped hero missions and talent trees and all that stuff. So there's no way I could have known that was coming. But 
I had suggested that some of the changes and improvements we were seeing, especially in comparison to seasons two and three, which I think were kind of lackluster to a lot of people, um, I really felt like season four was the start of something new. It was the start of what we really wanted to see. Now then, of course, you know, the Starwatch uh, special event and everything like that was maybe a little disappointing to a lot of people. It wasn't quite as fleshed out. It was basically just a 4v4 mode um, with, you know, limited character selections. But overall, I really felt like the vision was coming together, right? We were seeing limited modes that weren't just a, hey, here's a handful of, of you know, make your way through this map and kill some NPCs kind of thing or some enemies kind of thing. Um, on top of that, the battle pass was a lot more fleshed out. They had made some tweaks to it uh, to when you unlocked the, um, the skins and things like that um, or, or characters or what have you. Um, and they also were really putting in a lot of cool, uh, you know, sort of unique things that we hadn't seen before, even in the battle pass as rewards and things like that. And then, of course, season five comes. And uh, although they had, again, already announced season six to be this invasion event, Season five, in my mind, was, you know, a development of that, right? We've seen more than one limited time mode in this uh, in this particular season, of course. We had the uh, Summer Games event, which had uh, the return of Lucio Ball, which I know a lot of people are big fans of. But we also saw the Winston's Beach Volleyball. And then, of course, we are now also seeing the Mischief and Magic events. So um, really kind of seeing a cohesive vision behind the season, um, focusing on you know, that D&D theme with a limited time event that ties into it, but also having more than that, right? Having other limited time events, having these challenges that build on top of each other. Um, and also, I think one of the things that is kind of really understated that we've seen happening over the past couple seasons is really, um, I think, giving you more value for the battle pass, but also giving you more ways and easier ways to progress through it if you look at seasons one through three i think it was or it could have easily been a bit of a challenge for someone who didn't purchase the battle pass to make their way through the whole battle pass now i still think it's challenging to make your way through the whole battle pass uh, without purchasing it without that 20 percent bonus xp um, but what i've seen over you know the course of season four and five with in, in large part with these challenges um, and these limited time events. But the fact is they're really kind of giving you more and more tools to make your way through this battle pass. And that's ultimately what we want to see, right? In my mind, um, you know, a couple seasons back, it must have been must have been during season three when I wasn't really playing Overwatch because I was just kind of disillusioned with, uh, with the battle pass and with everything. Um, I dove into Fortnite for the first time and diving into Fortnite, I did not spend a single cent on that game, but at every stage, I felt like the battle pass was rewarding me. I felt like I was playing to a level where um, I was gaining enough XP just by playing that I was progressing through it. And they also give you some, you know, extra freedom in uh, Fortnite to um, unlock what you want in the battle pass rather than, uh, you know, just giving you everything. And I actually completed that battle pass just by playing naturally. And of course, that's without any bonus XP for purchasing the battle pass, because like I say, I didn't purchase the battle pass. Now, that's one thing that I still have yet to feel like is accomplishable, is completing the battle pass without purchasing it uh, in Overwatch, of course. 
Now, I do also think that it's kind of a ripoff that um, you don't get something like the Mythic skin uh, if you don't purchase the Battle Pass, even if you completed it. Now, I can understand not giving you the Mythic skin in itself, but I would suggest that you could give an alternative or a lesser version or something like that, right? I'm actually a big fan of what they did this season with the uh, sort of tiered approach to the Mythic skin, right? Where you got the default Mythic skin at level 45, um, you got, you know, an upgraded helm at level 65, and then you unlock the full thing at level 80, right? I actually really like that because it does mean that it's much more accessible for, for most people. Um, but again, you know, I, I think that if... If I'm not mistaken, I don't think you unlock any of it on the free path to completing the battle pass. And I think that that is kind of kind of unfair because at that point, if you are completing the battle pass without purchasing the battle pass, you should be rewarded. You've grinded it out. You have spent the time and energy to make it through 80 levels of this thing without any bonus uh, XP. So um, I do think that they could still tweak some things here and there, of course. But ultimately, Season 6 is coming. The big takeaway here is I think we're seeing the vision. We're starting to move closer to what we all wanted this game to be. Of course, it'll never be fully what we were promised, but uh, hopefully, I you know, I have high hopes for Invasion. Uh, just the other day, I added some funds to my wallet there online so that I can, I can buy the Invasion, uh, uh, whatever it is, season, I guess season six, when it comes out, you know, that's that's what I want to see. I'm going to I'm gonna buckle down and buy the first one, just like I said uh, when Overwatch 2 was air quotes releasing. You know, I would I would have paid full sticker price for a $60 game or up here in Canada, $80 to $90 for the game if it had just released as a standalone release. So forking over $60 for the Watchpoint pack, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Well, I would definitely fork over $10, $15, $20, even $30 for a, you know, substantive uh dlc or expansion pack for overwatch you know almost a year later having not put in another dollar since i bought that watch point pack um so yeah i'm gonna spend the money on on the inv invasion season on season six and get that battle pass get those pve story missions and i'm gonna see what it's like you know and if this is what the future of overwatch is then uh i'm just hopeful that uh that it shows some promise here so that was a lot about that. Um, obviously, I got off the rails there. Mikey Barra talking about the game. Great. Good to hear it. Excellent to hear that people are excited and things look good when it comes to uh, when it comes to the brand and everything. As they mentioned in the article there, you know, people are hoping for a fully-fledged um, uh, anime or animated series or something like that. I've talked about that before as uh, the, the uh, Genesis series was dropping on YouTube there. I think that would be a great idea. I think this could definitely lead up to it. I actually was hoping that Mikey Barra was going to drop some stats or something like that about the Genesis series and, you know, about the views or clicks or something like that. We didn't get that, but, you know, in any case, I'm hopeful for what could come. Let's move on to our next story. This time we're going to head over to .esports.com with an article by Max Michelli posted on July 27th, which reads, Blizzard gives Overwatch 2 fans a closer look at new Flashpoint map. Overwatch 2 Invasion is coming next month, and while many players are looking forward to the game's new hero and PvE story missions, Blizzard spent some time on social media today hyping up another piece of incoming content, Flashpoint. The new permanent game mode is similar to Control, but in a much larger scale. After one team secures a point by ticking a point up to 100%, another Control point opens up at a random point 
up at a random on another part of the map without players being taken back to spawn for a reset. Sorry, I paused there in the article because it does have a bit of a gap there. They've then, of course, got the tweet embedded there, which says, Set your sights on Suravasa. The all-new Flashpoint map launches August 10th with hashtag Overwatch 2 Invasion. Naturally, this will lead to much larger maps with many more nooks and crannies to run through. And today, Blizzard shared some of what we can expect from one of the two upcoming maps that will release when Season 6 starts on August 10th. Suravasa is an India-based map. Among the notable features in the area is a Shambhali temple with a statue of Aurora, the world's first sentient robot that gave up her life to all Omnic's sentience. Meanwhile, the village has numerous pieces of architecture one would expect from a place in India that is a rich or sorry, that is rich with culture and history. Blizzard's one-minute video showing various pan shots shows much of what Saravasa has to offer, including the backdrop of a more modernized city that was constructed by Vish- Vishkar Corporation, which the heroes Symmetra and Lifeweaver have ties to. Suravasa is one of two Flashpoint maps that is set to release when the new season starts. The second is New Junk City, which bears similarities to the payload map, Junkertown. So, of course, this is exciting news um, and really just fun to see. I love when they do these sort of, uh, you know, map previews where where you kind of fly over... Uh, fly over the 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 map or through the map they kind of really get to showcase some of the design elements that uh that you wouldn't necessarily pay the most attention to when you're in the middle of you know a match right um one of the things that i saw one article pointing out was of course the crocodiles on the suravasa map um as there are some sort of uh marshy looking areas off to the sides and things like that so i'm i'm really excited for this map um it does look to have a pretty distinct look and feel to it um there are some some hints of other maps i feel like there's actually a section that reminds me a lot of uh, the first point on the old paris map which we don't have anymore of course um but then yeah lots of lots of sort of uh shambali uh, monastery or nepal uh sort of sort of themes in it uh just in that sort of spiritual sense and things like that um but of course a very distinct india feel to it with it you know the backdrop being this uh, fictional city in india so very exciting and then of course as the article also mentions the obvious ties to Symmetra and Lifeweaver with the larger Vishkar Corporation city in the background looming over uh, over Suravasa so very cool stuff and I'm very excited to try out this new Flashpoint mode we're going to stick with Dottie Sports here and we're going to stick with Max Michelli and this time the article was posted on July 28th but very similar to similar article new overwatch 2 teaser will have you crossing your fingers that you queue into this map overwatch 2 invasion begins in just under two weeks and blizzard revved up the seasonal trailers today with a fresh look at one of the game's incoming maps for the new permanent game mode flashpoint the new season will also include a fresh hero pve story missions and hero mastery but with the introduction of flashpoint as a game mode the developers had one of their largest map related undertakings to create massive landscapes with five control points on them in Friday's preview of New Junk City that was posted to social media, Blizzard thoroughly initiated some Flashpoint hype by showing off the massive, scrap-filled, post-apocalyptic metropolitan area that will remind you of Junkertown. Wow, that was a mouthful, that sentence. So they've got the tweet embedded there, Welcome to New Junk City. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. The all-new Flashpoint map launches August 10th with hashtag Overwatch 2 Invasion. Well, Junkertown itself has a has mixed reviews as far as gameplay is concerned. The aesthetics and general vibes are some of the most unique and flavorful in the Overwatch universe, and New Junk City is no different. 
With a battle arena that will almost surely serve as one of the five control points, the city also has many narrow streets filled with areas to find cover, and it looks like there will be ample opportunity to utilize multiple levels of high ground to one's advantage, similar to what you might expect from a second and or from the second and third points of Junkertown. New Junk City will be added to Overwatch 2 with the start of this game's new season next month. However, don't expect to see it in competitive immediately, as it is always the case with new maps and heroes. For New Junk City and Suravasa, the other incoming Flashpoint map, you'll need to test out test the map out and quick play the arcade and custom games for a little while before Blizzard adds it to the competitive pool. So again, we've got the tweet here embedded in the article where they do that flyover of New Junk City. Um, and again, you know, just like the article suggested there, definitely, definitely, definitely flavors of uh, Junker Town. Um, they do have even signs that uh, say Junker Town and things like that. Um, but really building out a more fleshed out uh, look at what this place looks like. Um, it, 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 overall, I'm I'm probably more excited for this map. Um, I was very excited for Junker Queen to be announced when when there were kind of rumors of her incoming. Um, I really like the sort of Australian backdrop that we get with Junker Town with New Junk City, and of course with the uh, you know Roadhog Junker Queen and uh, and Junkrat. Um, Overall, I'm just excited for this. I think uh, this is shaping up to be a really exciting ma uh, game mode. And overall, I mean, I'm also very excited to see how it translates into the Overwatch League because that is a bit of a question mark that, you know, we know it's coming. We know it, we will see Flashpoint in the Overwatch League, but ultimately, I'm very excited to see how it all pans out. And now, of course, the moment you've all been waiting for. If you looked at the title of this episode, you might be wondering to yourself, are we going to be interviewing WWE superstar John Cena? Well, the fact is we will not. But let's read this article here from Dexerto.com, written by Jake Nichols, published on July 28th, which reads, Is John Cena coming to Overwatch 2? Players decipher hints about WWE superstar. Has WWE superstar John Cena got his set sight on a new battleground, Overwatch 2? A string of cryptic clues have fans convinced that Cena might be gearing up for an invasion, and many players are wondering now, is John Cena coming to Overwatch 2? Blizzard has been teasing new content for Overwatch 2, creating a stir with what fans are referring to as the hack attack. Many players and popular streamers have been interrupted by mysterious messages appearing on their screens during gameplay, leading many to believe that the upcoming invasion event, set for release on August 10th, sorry, I almost said October 10th, is being preluded by these events. This wave of unexpected messages appearing in the form of cryptic codes and strange imagery has sparked a wild frenzy of decoding within the Overwatch 2 Reddit community. One phrase in particular stood out to fans, quote, Invasion is coming, followed by the intriguing word, enigma. In the midst of the initial confusion, the community has started to piece together a theory. This mysterious enigma could be linked to the Invasion, a much-anticipated game event featuring the invasion of the villainous Null Sector who is set to be one of the main antagonists in the new PvE mode. The fans' interest was further piqued when a Reddit user named Umari managed to format an HTML code that flashed on screen during the hacks. Or sorry, during the hack attacks. The code contained peculiar hints, such as the font family Felix Anthony and a linked image displaying the letters JC. These clues combined with a mysterious voice note, which some say bears a resemblance to Cena's uh, to Cena's lead. Sorry. These clues combined with a mysterious voice, which some say bears a resemblance to Cena's, led Umari to present a compelling theory. John Cena, whose full name is John Felix Anthony Cena, might be involved with Overwatch 2. 
Additional clues seem to support this theory. Cena's birthday matches the color code within the HTML, hashtag 042377, I guess that would be a pound. And he is a 16-time world champion, which could be tied to the background color code pound 161616, or 161616. Furthermore, the image displaying the letters JC and the term Enigma, which seem to describe a mysterious character, have added fuel to the speculation fire. While nothing is confirmed, the mounting evidence has drawn many to conclude that Cena could be this elusive Enigma character appearing in Overwatch 2. With Cena's history of participating in promotional campaigns, it wouldn't be out of character for him to align with a high-profile high profile video game like Overwatch 2, similar to Megan Fox's involvement with Diablo 4. Whether this theory holds water or not, one thing is for sure. Blizzard has managed to create a whirlwind of anticipation for the upcoming Invasion update in the new season of Overwatch 2. Stay tuned for more developments as we delve deeper into the mystery of Overwatch 2's Enigma. So, of course, the question on everyone's mind, is John Cena going to be a player or a character skin or a playable hero in some way in Overwatch 2? I think to me the obvious answer to that is no. Um, <laughs> I'd be I'd be really shocked if they were suddenly like, guess what? Your season six hero. You thought it was this Aztec sun wielding warrior with a big old sword gun that shoots rays of light from the sun, is actually John Cena. Um, I don't see that happening. I think it's probably going to be more in line with the the Megan Fox uh, analogy that they made there. Um, I would definitely suggest that you know they may have a marketing tie in with Cena. Uh, maybe a commercial, something like that, or an ad uh, ad run with John Cena about Overwatch 2, which certainly, why not? Uh, it's a great idea. It'll bring eyes to the game that weren't there previously, and I'm sure it'll bring a new audience to, uh, to the game. You know, uh, props to John Cena for building his brand the way he has. Um, and certainly, I think it's an interesting and unique one. Not one I would have thought of, but then again, I wouldn't have thought of Megan Fox with Diablo 4 either. Um, on top of that, of course, with uh, you also had, uh, I can't remember who it is, one of the members of BTS releasing a song for Diablo 4. Um, I'd love to see something like that with Overwatch. That would be really exciting. I, I don't know who I don't know who would uh, would bring bring something like that to, to Overwatch, but I don't know. Let's get Taylor Swift to make a song for Overwatch. That'd, that'd be very exciting. Um, in any case, just generally speaking, uh, a really interesting activation that they've got going on here. Um, really kind of cool the way they're doing it. I like that it's not just like, hey, we're suddenly seeing these commercials with Megan Fox or John Cena, you know. I like that they're kind of teasing it out. They're building it up. They're tying it into uh, what is actually going on within the game and, of course, this upcoming uh, Season 6 release. So, will, pardon me, will John Cena be our newest character or hero in Overwatch 2? We'll find out soon, I'm sure. Now that's going to be it for the news segment of this show. That's all we have to talk about there. We've made it to the almost 40 minute mark, so that's uh, pretty decent. And of course, we've still got some Overwatch League action to cover. So let's jump on over to the Owl recap, where we'll talk about everything that happened in this past week of uh, the Overwatch League. And of course, everything that is going to happen in the upcoming week. This is it. Push forward. All right. So this past week in the Overwatch League, of course, we kicked things off on Friday, July 28th. Um, now I'm going to run through the scores real quick here from this past weekend and uh, we'll just, oh my gosh, I just had a minor heart attack here. I was flipping through my tabs. I, uh, I, I pulled up my pickums there and it didn't show anything for week three and I was about to, about to off myself there, but it's okay because we do in fact have 
my pickums there. I wasn't logged into the page. Anyways, let's look at this past week's matches and we'll kind of go over the scores there, see what happened and maybe break it down a little bit. And then of course we can do our pickums for this upcoming week. So Friday, July 28th, things kicked off with the Soul Infernal taking on the Dallas Fuel. And of course, Dallas coming out on top with a 3-0 win, a convincing victory there. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm just going to pull up uh, Owl standings here. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think Dallas is actually 6-0 right now in uh, in the eastern region, uh, at least for this side of things. Oh, that's right. The... the uh, the, the record is all strange over there, so that's hard to look up. Anyways, I heard I thought I heard that somewhere. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I digress. Moving on from there, the next match was the Soul Dynasty beating out Dreamers 3-2. Then, of course, the Hangzhou Spark beating out Pokerface 3-0. And finally, we went over to the Western region for our first match of the weekend on July 28th with the London Spitfire getting a 3-0 win over the Los Angeles Gladiators. And that's right, that brings London up to 7th position, uh, up from, I want to say, like 11th. Uh, they're now sitting at 6-8, and eight, so definitely turning their season around in a lot of ways. After that, the Boston Uprising got a 3-0 win over the Los Angeles Valiant. Then the Florida Mayhem took down the former champs, handing Atlanta Reign their second loss of the season in a 3-1 fashion, and therefore tying Atlanta's record on the season with 12 wins and two losses. Now, Atlanta is still technically in first because, of course, they do have a map differential of plus 29, whereas Florida has a plus 25. But nonetheless, very impressive stuff from Florida and really looking like Florida can compete. What will be the next test of Florida? I think it's going to be the Houston Outlaws, of course. But let's head on back to the schedule here. So that was your Friday games. Then we move over to Saturday, July 29th. So things kicked off in the Eastern region with Dreamers getting a 3-0 win over O2 Blast. The Dallas Fuel then getting their second win of the weekend with a 3-1 win over the Guangzhou Charge. And the Soul Infernal taking away one win on the weekend with a 3-1 record over Pantera. And finally, the Hangzhou Spark getting their second win of the weekend, 3-1 over the Shanghai Dragons. We then head over to the West where the Vancouver Titans get a 3-0 win, a convincing victory over the Washington Justice. The Atlanta Reign get a, uh, I would, maybe not convincing, but a decent win over the Boston Uprising with a 3-1 record. And of course, the Los Angeles Valiant, if I'm not mistaken here, battle it out and come back from the reverse sweep to take a 3-2 win over the Las Vegas Eternal. That's right, it was a reverse sweep. Um, and good for them for doing it honestly their first two maps looked messy and vegas looked quite good um and and i was i was nervous for the valiant to lose this match i did have them in my pickums which is a part of why i was nervous about it but i just had really been feeling like valiant were were on the up and up and uh you know the the additions that vegas made have been impactful and i thought that they might be looking at i mean it was very clearly they were looking at a 3-0 uh against the vegas eternal of course the last place team but yeah valiant managed to you know put their boots on and get the job done and complete the reverse sweep Moving on to Sunday, we had three games in the East, starting off with Pantera taking a 3-1 win over O2 Blast, Soul Dynasty getting a 3-0 win over Poker Face, and the Shanghai Dragons squeaking out a win 3-1 over the Guangzhou Charge. Then finally, 
In the West, our final three matches, the Florida Mayhem 3-0, the Washington Justice, Washington having an unfortunate weekend, the London Spitfire getting a 3-1 win over the Vegas Eternal, Vegas having an unfortunate weekend, and the Vancouver Titans in a convincing 3-0 win over the Los Angeles Gladiators, Vancouver getting two wins, and of course the Los Angeles Gladiators also having an unfortunate weekend. So some struggles in the standings in the West for sure. Um, the East I can't even keep track of. But yeah, holy cow, the uh, the scoreboards have shifted. Um, the only, you know, I don't think anyone after the first half of the season would have predicted Los Angeles slide from 5th to 11th. I don't think Vancouver, you know, climbing from, I think they were maybe 7th or 8th up to 5th now. Even San Francisco climbing up to 6th. Um, Washington has dropped significantly. New York and Toronto have moved up a little bit. Um, and of course, you know, Vegas staying where they are. Los Angeles Valiant uh, really kind of fighting for their life, trying to claw their way out of the bottom. Um, so in any case, very exciting stuff. And that was your past weekend's matches in the Overwatch League. Now, let's just take a moment to uh, pump up my tires on the pickums here because I have no green matches in the West. That's or sorry, no red. My my goodness, no green. That would be bad. I have no red matches in the West. That's right. For week three, I predicted, I correctly predicted each winner of every single match. Now, did I get any matches perfect? Uh, not quite. I got three matches, three out of nine. So you know, one third of the matches exactly correct. Um, but in any case. I did pretty darn good, so I'm happy about that. And with that said, let's move over to the Western region for week four in our pickums. We'll talk a little bit about the upcoming matches, and of course, we will do our best to pick the winners. So we're going to kick things off here Friday, August 4th at 1 p.m. Mountain Time with the Houston Outlaws taking on the Toronto Defiant. And of course, Houston sitting at 9-3. and three. They are currently in third place with that record. Um... And Boston is actually in fourth with 10 and four. So Boston actually has a more, two more games under their belt. Of course, that's because uh, not every team plays every weekend. But Houston will, of course, with their with this upcoming weekend, will then have the same number of games played. Very likely chance that Houston will stay in third and Boston will stay in fourth just based on who they're playing. So unfortunately, things kick off 1 p.m., Mountain Time, Friday, August 4th, with the Houston Outlaws, and I'm going to have to say they're going to get a win over the Toronto Defiant. It is unfortunate for me to say, as a Toronto fan, I would love if Toronto could take out Houston. Oh my god, that would be that would be fantastic and the start of something great, I'm sure. But Houston, just looking really good. Um, really impressive stuff from Houston lately. So I do think that Houston gets the win here, and that, of course, puts them at 10-3, and three, which keeps them in third place above Boston. So... Then at 2.30 p.m., the Los Angeles Gladiators take on the New York Excelsior. And this one's a little bit harder to predict. Of course, both of these teams, uh, you know, New York in 8th and Gladiators in 11th. But both of these teams actually have the same record. They're both 5-7. and seven. I mean, same goes for Toronto and same goes for Washington. But the interesting thing is, obviously, the Gladiators been on the backslide big time. Um, I'm not too sure what New York has done their past couple matches, um, just because they did not play this past weekend. But I am going to give this to New York, and I'm going to say it's going to be a 3-1 win for New York. Then at 4 p.m., we have the Vancouver Titans taking on the Las Vegas Eternal. Um, interesting match here. Could be a little bit tough to call. Do I want to give it to them 3-0? I mean, 
If I look at last week's matches, of course, Vancouver gets a 3-0 over Washington. Vancouver gets a 3-1 over, sorry, a 3-0 over the Gladiators. I mean, I think if if they can 3-0 those two teams, I think they can 3-0 the Las Vegas Eternal. Now, Vegas does look better with, uh, I forget who they added, Knife and... There's one other player that they added, but I can't quite remember who it was. But ultimately, I think Vancouver is looking like they're on the up and up right now. So I'm giving it to Vancouver 3-0. Then, of course, the Gladiators or take on the Houston Outlaws on Saturday, August 5th at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. I'm giving it to Houston 3-0. I think Gladiators, again, another unfortunate weekend for them. If they're going to get a win, they're going to get it against New York. But certainly, they're getting one, one loss this weekend, that's for sure. The Washington Justice will then take on the New York Excelsior. And again, both these teams, same record, New York in 8th, Washington in 10th. Um, really hard to call this match. I feel like these two teams are pretty evenly matched, which is interesting because Toronto sits between them in the standings in ninth place. And I would put Toronto above both these teams, or I would say Toronto wins against both these teams, uh, which oddly enough, we'll talk about on Sunday. But... Washington just not looking super strong lately. Now, the interesting thing about this past weekend, of course, we did see Ben Best, uh, one of their tanks, jumping over to the Ana role. Um, and I can't remember who he took over, took that over for. But as I understand it, it's largely because um, because the uh, whoever they normally have in that role uh, was playing on ping and just wasn't able to make much happen there. So in any case... I'm giving it to New York, and I'm going to say 3-1. I was tempted to go 3-2 there, but I'm going to say 3-1. Then at 4 p.m. Mountain Time on Saturday, August 5th, we have what, in my opinion, might be the best match of the weekend. We have the San Francisco Shock taking on the Vancouver Titans. Now, of course, San Francisco sitting sixth, Vancouver sitting in fifth, both teams with six and six. Uh, Vancouver is in fifth because they have a plus five map diff, and San Francisco is in sixth because they have a negative six map diff. I think Vancouver can take this, um, and I'm really looking forward to them being able to take it. Um, the question is, the question is, what exactly, what exactly is the score? It's going to be three something, I'll tell you that much. Is it going to be a 3-2? Is the, the problem is San Francisco has the proper effect, right? If proper is on his game, if proper pops off, he can carry the team. That's for certain. But this is also a grudge match for Hesang. I mean, grudge match for San Francisco with Hesang leaving to go to Vancouver. But ultimately, I think that Hesang is going to have a chip on his shoulder and going to want to best proper. Um, it was largely talked about going into the season that Hesang was, you know, maybe the, the second coming of proper. Um, but I think he largely was living in proper's shadow on the San Francisco shock. So I'm going to give it to Vancouver 3-2. I think that is maybe the most likely outcome with the second most likely outcome being a 3-2 for San Francisco, I think I'll say. So moving on to Sunday, August 6th, we of course have the Toronto Defiant taking on the Washington Justice. And as I just mentioned, I would take Toronto over Washington or New York, even though they sit between them in the standings. I'm going to give it to Toronto 3... I'm going to say 3-1. Uh, Washington, again, just didn't look up to snuff. They didn't look like the as strong as they did in the first half of the season. Uh, so I'm giving... And Toronto looks, for all intents and purposes, to be uh, on something of a comeback. Of course, they're going to struggle against Houston earlier in the weekend. I'm just hopeful that doesn't boom them. 
but ultimately I think they could win that. Then we have the San Francisco Shock taking on the Vegas Eternal. Um, I'm going to give it to San Francisco 3-1. I don't really have a reason. Vegas, again, looked better with Knife than they have in the past, um, but ultimately I still don't think that they can punch above, you know, a lot of these teams. Um, I still think Vegas is maybe a bottom six team kind of thing. If you figure 13 through eight, two, four, six, yeah. I think that's probably where Vegas lies, even if they had knife for the whole season. Um, I don't see them punching up much past that. So I'm giving it to San Francisco 3-1. I'm going to lock in those predictions and we're going to call it there. Now I'll go run through the East real quick here. The East is always a gamble. I just kind of pick willy-nilly. Um, see if I can get a couple winners here. Seoul is going to beat Guangzhou 3-1 on Friday, August 4th. Uh, Poker Face is going to beat Pantera 3-2. Then the Seoul Infernal is going to beat Shanghai Dragons 3-1. Then on Saturday, August 5th, the ooh, Seoul Infernal is going to take out the Seoul Dynasty 3-2. The Dallas Fuel is going to beat the Hangzhou Spark 3-1. Uh, and then Poker Face is going to beat O2 Blast 3-0. I'm doing 3-0. I'm doing it. Guangzhou Charge then going to beat out uh, sorry Dreamers 3-2. Then on Sunday, August 6th, the Dallas Field going to get another win 3-1 against, nah, against Pantera. Sure. And then the Hangzhou Spark will take a 3... No, I'm going to say Dreamers get a win over Hangzhou 3-2. And then the Shanghai Dragons are going to get a win over the O2 Blast 3-2. No, I'll give it... Yeah, I'll give it to, O2, uh, to Shanghai 3-2. We're going to save those predictions just so I don't forget and miss out on those points. So... There you have it. That is where our standings currently lie. And of course, with all of that said, that actually brings us to the end of the show. That's right. We don't have uh, anything else to talk about. So let's head on over and we'll wrap this thing up. I feel greatly empowered. Well, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening to episode 119 of One Man Watchpoint. This is, of course, an Overwatch podcast where we listen to, where we listen to, no, we don't listen to Overwatch. We talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Of course, that includes the Overwatch League, that includes Overwatch 2 and anything else Overwatch related. Thank you so much for listening. I'm, of course, your host. Wow, I can't talk right now. Sir Dr. JM at Sir DRJM on all socials. Follow me, send me messages, all that stuff, topics, questions, comments, concerns, whatever you've got. I'd love to bring your items to the show. And of course, I will talk to you about them here. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. You know the drill. Give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, all that jazz. And if you enjoy what you heard here today, head on over to podcast services everywhere and look for Ready, Set, Pwn, where you can find me chatting Vancouver Titans, chatting Toronto Defiant, and chatting Overwatch League with Chris and Alex every week. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week for episode 120 of One Man Watchpoint. Oh, you shouldn't have.